Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Devo Samuel in motion. Brock Purdy will dump it off to McCaffrey. He's got a blocker. He's headed for the end zone. And Christian McCaffrey has a 49er touchdown. Boy, some really nice downfield blocking. Chris Myers on Fox. And, uh, yeah, the downfield blocking was extraordinary there. But I want to talk about Christian McCaffrey, Ray. When we were talking to Nick Bosa just last week, you know, we asked Nick, what is it about Christian McCaffrey that makes him fit Kyle's offense so well? And he basically said it's the guy's attention to detail. And his attention to detail, you know, you want to go ahead and say, well, that's a, a guy who grew up around the game because his father was a football lifer and he's a football lifer. And that's where attention to detail comes from. You're watching game film with your dad when you're like five years old. There's that. There's this the Stanford education, which can't be overlooked when it comes to people who, you know, are pretty good at the concept of details. Beyond all of that, beyond all of the stuff that you, you know, half the time, Ray, when you're talking about a player's IQ, it's because they just don't have the physical measurables that explain what it is they do or how it is they do it. You know, it's like, this guy is just smarter than the rest, is the argument that a lot of people will make. Um, not only is maybe Christian McCaffrey smarter than the rest, he's faster than all of them. Man, I don't know. I'm not measuring guys in their 40 times, but Christian McCaffrey is a blur two steps into any route he's running or handoff he's about to take. I don't think I've seen anybody move faster in a 49ers uniform than Christian McCaffrey. And I don't know if that's just an optical illusion because he's, you know, bursting through an offensive line, which is pretty much at like a stalemate with a defensive line. I don't know what it is. But Jordan Mason doesn't look as fast. Elijah Mitchell, who, welcome back, by the way, we'll get to him. He doesn't look as fast. Nobody in this league looks as fast as Christian McCaffrey does with the football. I it just, he is a blur. He's, I'm, I'm, it, it sounds like a like that's way too romantic and dramatic of a word to describe what you're seeing when you he's breathtaking. I can't believe how fast he is every single time he touches the ball. He is forever falling forward, always. Oh, he's never buried. Even if he gets buried in the backfield, he still somehow leans forward for a two yard gain. Even then, he's special. I mean, all day and night long, no doubt about it. One of the best to ever play level special. Samuel's probably faster, but... 
Debo has no separation speed. He's not faster. No, 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 no. You're, as a wide receiver, but hitting the hole when he was being used as a running back last year, he's good. He hit the hole very quickly. I'm I'm talking about that one skill. I'm not talking about you know breaking down the field and being a you know catching the ball 35 yards down the field because McCaffrey doesn't have to do that either. I'm trying to compare comparable skills, but no, McCaffrey is McCaffrey sensational. I mean, that, that's not a revelation. He was sensational on bad Panthers teams. But he's beyond sensational in terms of the highlights that you get to see. He's one of those, until you watch him play a full game, you don't get it, guys. He really is. He really is. He's sensational on second and seven, where he gets you six. You know, doesn't make the highlight tape, but that's when he does it. All the t- He is forever reaching for the pylon. He is... Just a first down waiting to happen. 79 scrimmage yards this past weekend. It gave McCaffrey 1,210 as a member of the 49ers. That is the most amount of scrimmage yards by a midseason addition in NFL history. I mean, come on. Now, it's not a league that has built itself on a huge list of impactful in-season trades. It's not like the NBA. It's not like baseball. But I'll say, dude, Christian McCaffrey, Ray, I mean, you want to go, uh, hopefully you, you can go through your quick mental Rolodex here, too. Christian McCaffrey, one of the biggest instant difference trades I, I've ever seen in my life, any sport, any era, any team ever. Like, in my lifetime, I can't think of a guy who's made more of a dare. I mean, now, obviously, it, it'll gain a demerit if they don't go on to win it all. If they do, I think that almost cements it. But I I can't think of any sport dropping a mid-season trade that so forever not only changed the arc of the regular season that you just had, the postseason that you might have, but the team that you're going to be going forward. I mean, can, instantly, which off the top of your head, what is the greatest in-season trade in sports history? Will Chamberlain going from the Warriors back to Philadelphia sounds significant. Yeah. So if you're I mean, on a, the, if you're on a you list with Wilt Chamberlain, you're you're pretty damn good, right? Yeah. No. I mean, the fact is, players of this caliber usually don't get traded in midseason. What they leave a team, it's either out of free agency or they get traded in the offseason. That's the thing that made this unique, and that's why Kyle Shanahan, the Riverboat Gambling General Manager was willing to throw a pile of draft choices that he doesn't really have into a deal to get him. I mean, he he overpaid by what his what McCaffrey's market value might have been at the time because he needed him that badly. So he was willing to overpay and now it turns out to be a bargain. But <laughs> so, were, somebody from the Xfinity Mobile text line says it's still a C minus trade. Don't bother calling this show or interacting with it again. I mean, if you have C minus as your letter gate for the Christian McCaffrey I, trade, I, you're a moron. Yeah, I. Why would you read that? Just because we, you know, it was there. Oh God! Somebody's like, "What about Dion? Prime time Dion? Was that an in season trade?" I don't think. so. I don't think it was either. But so Dion, I've was, been wrong on that before. So I'll look. Joe Thornton to the Sharks was a pretty big trade yeah. midseason. I'll give you that. If, if 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 the 49ers never win a Super Bowl with Christian McCaffrey, then the Thornton trade is about as good. 
a good comp in the Bay, that's yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he, he got them to a Stanley Cup final. They lost to a better team, but but it's a, that's a that's quality comp, absolutely. <laughs> Marco Scudero. <laughs> Look, Marco was huge. Marco was huge. Who knew he was Ty Cobb? Somebody's like John Gruden. No, definitely not John Gruden. No, Sanders was picked up in the offseason. He played the full 1994 yeah. with the 49ers. Cespedes for Lester. Yeah, if you're talking about trades you shouldn't have made, probably. That, 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 that's, that's up there, too. Fred Dean. Yeah, I mean, that's the go-to for the 49ers. This is, this is comp to that. I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. I wasn't watching that Fred Dean season quite as much as I'm watching this one unfold. So I'll have to take your word for it. But this is just, it's amazing. CC Sabathia to the Brewers. I didn't win anything. Yeah, the Dean trade was pretty impressive. He ended up being fourth in MVP voting in a year in which they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you could put that on the list. Hunter Pence, you know, I, I, here's a midseason trade. It didn't bear instant fruit. And by the way, I, I'll give Butcher Boy full credit for bringing this up. And when he said this is one of the biggest in-season trades in the history of the Bay Area, you know, he said Fred Dean, Hunter Pence is on that list. It didn't bear instant fruit. But the the Golden State Warriors don't win their first title without Andrew Bogut. Monte Ellis for Andrew Bogut was an in-season trade. They finished that year, then they played the next year, then the year after that, they were NBA champions. The Stackjack trade was an in-season trade that meant something. Baron Davis was a big in-season trade. But again, just the very nature of basketball means you get trades like that more often. From a football standpoint, I don't know if we've ever seen anything bigger. Again, if this does end like, oh my God, there's a parade up Market Street and, and they won it all. I mean, Christian McCaffrey gets to be, even though he wouldn't have you know, the accounting stats, he sits on that one line with Frank Gore in terms of greatest running back in team history. You know, Roger Craig obviously gets on that list. And after that, you get, you know, you're well, pulling some million dollar backfield stuff out of your, you know, rear end. Well, I mean, they did make the Hall of Fame. They so. were Hall of Famers, yeah. yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is Christian McCaffrey's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame, too. If he stays healthy, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He produces like a Hall of Famer. He's got himself already on lists with other running backs in terms of yardage and production. And the list is, you know, Eric Dickerson. They're all Hall of Famers. Emmett Smith. Thurman Thomas. The guy is unbelievable. He's unbelievable good. And I just, I, I can say this, even though it's racially... Uh, charged. He's the fastest white boy I've ever seen on a football field. What are you going to say? Jason Seahorn? A little bit. He was fast. <laughs> Backpedal for a white boy. Christian McCaffrey is ridiculous. He feels like, he looks like he's Olympic sprinter level fast out there. Guy is special, man. Special, special, special. And he's a big reason. Why this team is where they are right now. It's it's the you know rare is the player who honestly feels like 
well, you know, anytime they touch the ball, they could go on and score. Yeah, for the most part, that's not true about anybody. Like, you put 80 yards in between that guy touching the ball in the end zone, they're probably not scoring, you know, 199 out of 200 times. I got dropped that to 192 times out of 200 times for Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's who he is. He is he is a sliver of daylight away from being gone at all times. It's special. And that's what hopefully Debo's going to bring back. My goodness, Elijah Mitchell. That guy just dropped, like, the best rookie season in the history of 49ers running backs just last year. Almost hidden in plain sight and forgotten about. Welcome back, Elijah Mitchell. Indeed, Unbelievable unbelievable situation that the 49ers now have in front of them and how this is all set up with Seattle and we're going to be talking to it next with our good friend Michael Irvin he joins us in just a matter of moments to talk about what happened in Santa Clara and everywhere else in the NFL oh the dust settling on the regular season Mr. Michael Irvin the Hall of Famer joins us next Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game we are brought to you by Pfizer call from mom answer it Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. The merch store is out there. It is open for business. Visit 957thegameshop.com. Reporting for duty, the one and only Michael Irvin, the Hall of Famer and playmaker. Stop on by for his weekly conversation. For the first time in a long time, we know what the playoffs are officially starting to look like. And uh, it's going to be 49ers and Seattle that gets us all underway at 1.30 on Fox on Saturday. 49ers and Seahawks tap to be that first game. Michael, I don't know if you ever were that first game up in a wild card weekend. Do you want to be the first team up? Do you want to be the first game to go off? Or would you rather sit back and, and sort of get a little bit more time, maybe watch it play out a little bit? What do you think about there getting the Houston Texans memorial starting time slot? Uh, hey, hey, first of all, you, 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 especially especially when you have gotten it down and broken down to your third quarterback during the course of that season, you'll take any slot. <laughs> any slot they got. Any slot they got. You're like, okay, what slot is here? The fact that I got a slot is something. But of course now, of course, that's not even the case with San Francisco. So, yeah, yeah you, you jump out. You jump out and you take that first slot. Cause I, I, it's so funny because, you know, I was rooting against Green Bay last night just because I 
been saying I don't think Green Bay's going to make the playoffs, you know. You can't start that bad, have a five-game losing streak and then get it all together. The NFL's too hard. And and, and then I, I had capitulated and said, okay, they look like they're on the run. Maybe I, maybe I would have to accept I was wrong. But then tomorrow I'm going to say, just because you got in the playoffs, what is the prize? You get to go to San Francisco. Is that really a prize? Do you really want that? You see what I'm saying? So, so, so yeah, they probably wanted that premier matchup. A Green Bay and San Fran. I don't know if they give it a different time slot or not, but that's a more premier matchup. But 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 Green Bay couldn't get it done, and Seattle snuck right over in there and got it. And it was funny now. I think Seattle gives you a tougher game than even Green Bay would have given. Familiarity, obviously, it's all over this matchup. And Pete Carroll. I mean, this he's in the playoffs every single time you look up. Basically, over his last thirteen years, he's been to the postseason ten times as head coach of Seattle. And even though the Forty ers have controlled the series this year by winning both games, Michael, the man knows football. I mean, it's just that simple. Pete Carroll understands playoff football implicitly, and I do think there's something to it. Like, it feels like the lesser of two evils because Green Bay's defense got a little bit better, and they got a you know a quarterback who's going to go right to the Hall of Fame when he decides to wrap up his career. Would you rather face that or Geno Smith in Seattle? Geno Smith in Seattle feels like the right answer, but as you're saying, it, it, it may not be the easier game. It, it feels like the right answer now. But but it, early on in the season, you thought, oh, my God, bring me in Rodgers. When they were going through this five-game losing streak and all of this, and, you know, couldn't get the, could, couldn't get on the same page with his receivers. But they did get something going late in the late in the season. They did get something going late in the season, but fell up, came up short. But when you're playing another division opponent, those are always the toughest games, man. They're always, it, 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 bar none, they're always the hardest games. There is no getting around that. You got to get ready to swap spit. That's what we used to say. Swap spit. You're going to be right up in there, right up on each other. You're going to be spit. Because it's going to be face mask to face mask, and it's going to be physical. And Seattle, I think, gives you a more physical game. Um, they give They give a more physical game, but one of the things that they've struggled with this year is defending against the run. Is that something that you look at when you try to figure out, you know, what team in the postseason ought to beat what other team? Is it is matchups from over the regular season? Or do you sort of view football as a more artistic thing and you can spot, well, who hits harder and, you know, less th- things that are less statistical and more sort of feel? I, I, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't. I, I'm not a numbers guy on to that matter. I may use the number to prove up the point that I've seen, but I'm not going to use a number to make a point or let it be the barometer of why I'm making a point. Oh, well, this guy, you know, because cause numbers are skewed and they get skewed. You know, you can say Dak Prescott threw 15 interceptions, tied most in the NFL. He missed five games, but Dak Prescott also. And put up a three offense, thirty-five points a game. You know, you hear him fifth time for most interception. You say he tied for most interception. If I stayed on that narrative, you say, "Wow, he must be one of the worst season, worst quarterbacks in the year in, in, in the league." You know, but he also put up thirty-five points. So I, 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 I can use the numbers to prove the point, but I can't let the numbers prove my point. I can't use the numbers as the base 
to prove a point, to make a point. That that's how you do it numbers. And also, the it's, it's too much on there. It's, it's it's too much. And I always say this to people: our sport is different now. Yeah, our sport is different. So 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 now it's not just your skill; it's also your will. You know, it's man to man, hand to hand combat. Your will counts. So so now when you're going up against a division opponent who they feel like, oh, we should know them better. We play against them. They want more cup. You know what I mean? They, they they get a little more will. Even if they have a little less skill, they have a little more will because they see you twice a year and he's going to fight you a little longer because he knows he has to see you again. That's why I say you'll get a, you can get a more physical game. Michael Irvin here on Damon and Ratto. So Brock Purdy officially becomes the first quarterback in team history to win his first five NFL starts. He is the third rookie in NFL history to win at least his first five starts. And since he has come into the job, he has basically opened up seasons for George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk that I don't know if they have if Purdy doesn't come through in the last six games of the year. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey feels like the skeleton key that has unlocked this team's offense maybe more than anyone else. When you watch Brock Purdy, do you see him now for what he is? Do you still see him for what he might not be? What are the incompletes as you look at him with your own naked eye? And do those give you enough pause to say they can't be Super Bowl champions just because of who he is and where he is in his career. Right, and, 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 and see, I don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to that. First of all, when I'm even breaking down a player or quarterback, I, I'm, I'm really looking at, first, let me see your military, let me see your strengths. You know, we because it, we, we can see the strengths and say these are reality. These are reality. We can co- we, we can come up with concepts of okay this is a weakness this is a weakness but it is a really a weakness Tom Brady's arm strength okay they're going to mark that down as a weakness but is it really a weakness when he played the game because of his arm strength he said okay I'm gonna play my game inside out Peyton Manning had pretty good arm strength he played his game outside in and the best way to attack anything is really inside out. So Tom Brady, really, you called it a weakness, but it wasn't a weakness because he knew how to manifest and magnify his gift of playing inside out to the tune of seven Super Bowls. Oh, he can't throw that out route all the way out there on a dime and on a rope. He can't spin it like that. He spent off seven rings. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes when we start judging off weaknesses, we fall short because we don't see the totality of what some men can accomplish with what you call a weakness, and he called a focal point of his game. Of the six games this weekend, which is the one that you would break a date with your family to watch, and which is one you would avoid at all costs? Boy, that's a good one, man. Let's go through these, man. That's a good one, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know that there's anyone I would avoid at all costs, but there's some with such intrigue to it. Like, you know, and, and not the Cowboys, but you're going to watch that Cowboys, especially since they both teams are stumbling into the playoffs. Now, and, and it's Tom Brady we just talked about. You're going to those kind of games you're going to watch. You're just, 
There are too many storylines beyond fandom that, that surround it. You know what I'm saying? There's too many storylines beyond fandom. Now, what would you try? Minnesota Giants? Would you pull off that? If you're, I'm trying to give you one that I know you ain't, you do. You, I know you're gonna watch, and one that you could possibly end up pulling off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right? Would you pull off Minnesota and the Giants out, 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 out of the NFC side? It feels I like, yeah. I mean, that that feels like a game you could learn about after the fact. Because do you think either of those teams are really going to be a Super Bowl champion or even in the Super Bowl representing the NFC? I'd be shocked. So maybe that's easily dismissed. They got some stars. They got star power. Like Justin Jefferson's a star. The Giants has a big market. You know what I'm saying? Such a big market. And, and, and you know the, all the Giants fans going to watch and all the Jets fans that got so close and didn't do it again. They go, so, so it's still going to be, you know, and, and I'm measuring off ratings. Ratings, you know, what, what can you sit down? But I, I don't know if you can sit down any one of these games. I mean, maybe if you really wanted to get into it, you can. It, it, if there's no Lamar, I give the Ravens no shot against the Bengals. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. But I want to see what the hell is going on over there because, and I said this on TV today, y'all guys. This is what's on my mind when I see Harbaugh gets up there and, and says he has no information about about Lamar. And and I remember, dude, when a quarterback gets hurt, man, I want I'm, people, I, I, I'm bringing people in the locker room on this. There is no. He just get treatment when he's at the facility. They send people home with you. I mean, there are people, when you come out the shower, when you finish eating, when you put on your socks, they're trying to give you treatment. You can't, they don't let these people leave you. And it's amazing that Harbaugh has little information. Uh, it, it doesn't mean they don't have somebody at Lamar's house with an ice bucket and a heat pad and STEM units giving him treatment all day around the clock. That's what they usually do. That scares me if it's not happening. Is that the least believable lie that you will hear this week? That he doesn't know what's going on? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I hope it's a lie. I hope it's a lie, and I hope it's just gamesmanship. I hope because I love Lamar. I hope Lamar didn't get in the season and then saying, you know, I understand he's hurt, he's hurt. You know what I mean? You don't go. But, but one time, Stephen, they said, well, if I'm Lamar, uh, I'll go right before the game and just say I ain't playing. I said, no, you can't do that, buddy. You know, you, you, I don't mind you arguing with the state, arguing with the uh, office, get your money. But once you come in the camp, now you're not committed to me. You see what I'm saying? Now now we all committed to each other. You, you, that, that, that's breaking that's breaking player rules right there. That's breaking. You, can, you can't do that. So, so if you want to stay out, stay out. But if you come in... Don't 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 just walk out on me when we made the commitment. So so it's just so much in there. I hope his gamesmanship and not the latter. Michael Irvin here on ninety five seven the game. What did it mean to you to break a thousand yards as a receiver? What do you think it means to Brandon Ayuk? It, it, you know what? Dude, let me tell you something, man. Honestly, that means it meant everything because that's what every young receiver is looking for: his first thousand, his first thousand, and. And I talk about it all the time, guys. I talk about the power of shoulders up and the head and all of that and the focus and the confidence. That's exactly what it gives you. I belong now. You get a 1,000 yards, you believe you belong. You're one of the receivers in the National Football League. That's a, that's a great accomplishment for Brandon Ayuk, and I, I guarantee you it means a great deal to him. Um, as you look at 
I'm only coming back to it because I remember once I got my first thousand, I couldn't wait to get my training, my little plane, my little cars. You know, your, your little big football cars. Because guys going to have a thousand yards on it. I didn't even, you know, hey, hey, boy, you get that car, and it had a thousand yards on it. Hoo-hoo! Now, that's something, buddy. That's all I'm going to say. That was something. By the way, that first thousand yard season for you in 91. 15-23, 93 you know, catches. You were cooking, man. Went off, man. And that was on the year where, coming off a year where, you know, I just came back from the knee because I had ACL in my second year. And there were people saying, I don't know if he, you know, he wasn't that fast before, and I don't know if has the speed now to play in the game. And we got Noah Turner, Noah Turner instilled that confidence. He said, man, you got plenty of speed. That's the first thing he said to me. We went out. And I was in, you know, I'm in shock. He said, man, you got plenty of speed. We don't hear what these people said. Man, let's get ready to rock. He said, we're about to rock this season. I said, oh, God, I got to somebody. And that was, you know, and we took off from there. Do you have any concern about the, since we're talking about passing games, you know, this is an exemplary defense, obviously. Uh, fans are a little bit worried about Diamador Lenore, who is getting picked on week after week. And the way I've been looking at it is, you know, it is the job of other quarterbacks and offensive coordinators to find the weak spot. And right. it's 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 no disservice to D'Amador Lenore to say he's the weakest link on this defense. There are a lot of NFL starters who would be the weakest link on this defense. I mean, they got studs everywhere, so he's getting picked on. Is that a concern for you? Well, and, and, and let me tell you, yes and no. Well, not over there. Over here it is. Over, you, you're still getting to the quarterback. You see what I'm saying? I can win in the passing game on one or two ways. I can win on the front end or the back end. Now, on the front end, you're still winning. So that's going to make it plausible to deal with the weak link or whatever you want to call them a weak link. I understand the way you described it. If you want to call them the, 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 the link that they will go after on that defense, uh, then, 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 then that's one thing because, yeah, you're going to get them sometimes, but you won't get them all the time because there's 11 of us out here and we still going to get to the quarterback before you can get to that one sometimes. But now in Dallas, since we lost Anthony Brown, that has been a horrific link that, uh, uh, on, that, uh, on that other side of Trayvon Diggs. And they've been attacking and attacking it. And, and, and it looks it looks for that's a great that's a great I should have talk, brought that up on TV today, you know, because I talked about the weak link that it had, uh, 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 picking on one side, and and I should have used that as an example. By the way, I mean, which, it, how, how how many people will never be as good at their job when they're the weak link as Diamador Lenore is at his job as the weak link? Right. I mean, how it's, and, and 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 I don't know that it's just not it's just not the right term. For this situation, right? I just want we got to pick up right. some of. I wish, I wish I were the weak link on the 49ers defense. Right, right. That'd be a great place to be operating from. You would be. I would be absolutely with my foot speed and hip swivel. It'd be terrible. Since we're talking, no bad thing. I would be too. <laughs> Michael, let me wrap up with this, and then I'll give Ray the last question today. Since we're talking defense. If you had to cast your vote for NFL Defensive Player of the Year, and I know you got love for Micah Parsons, would yeah. you still give it to Bosa? Yeah, Bosa, Bosa snatched that, though. I mean, and it's not even, I don't know. The question would be, 
who would ever be second? I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Mike Parsons has really slowed down. And I was just talking to them, and they were saying they're trying to make sure you get him back on track to make sure he holds his detain because hey, he's been going after them sacks too. You know what I'm saying? So, so don't think they don't see that competition on the one side. But no, Bosa has earned it. He's the clear defensive MVP. MVP. I, I don't. I, I don't even know who rivals that. Who's the closest? And, and I don't know who ever got the most votes. But I'm sure he'll be up there this year. Um, you referred earlier to the fact that you know it's always hard to beat a team three times in a year. Based on that, what is Seattle's best chance? of beating San Francisco on Saturday outside of an injury or a ton of turnovers. How does Seattle get it's, this done if they can? It's, it's San France. It's not something that Seattle can really do. I think it makes them give them their best chance. I think it's what San Fran can do that gives them their best. They give Seattle their best chance. You can feel like this is not even a fight. And you walk and slip up in there. And that's what happened to us when we played Arizona, and we had been beating them and beating up on them forever. And Arizona won their first playoff game in 50 years against us. After we had been beating them forever, we walked in like it was a real done deal. And, 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 and by the time you really realized you were in a hell of a fight, it was too late to pull out. And that's the, whole, that, that's the only way. San Fran loses. By the way, they're about to kick off a national title game. You giving TCU a puncher's chance tonight against Georgia? My godson, Dan and Goubert, uh, you know, we, we narrowed it down. SMU, we had TCU, as teams on, uh, on his docket. We narrowed it down. We got, got him over to TCU, and TCU's having this kind of year. One of his best boys that played with him at Island Park went over to SMU. You know, one would go, and, 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 and he's looking at him saying, man, I can't believe you playing a national championship game. Absolutely, I believe they got a shot at winning this. Uh, and, you know, because they can put up 25, they can put up 30, 40 points easily. But it's going to be great. It's going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch it. And it's always great when we know we got a David and Goliath story. And that's what this is. Georgia going for a back-to-back. Georgia and Alabama. They've been they've been Goliath over everybody for so long. TCU coming in with David, and all they need is a few three, like three smooth stones to catch them between eyes. <laughs> I wonder what kind of odds you would have gotten in a bar bet, saying you know, in the state of Texas. Like I bet TCU wins a national title before the Longhorns do, or before the Aggies do. Like I mean, somebody right, has right, that right. bet alive in Texas with incredible odds going for them tonight. If it actually happens, it would be unbelievable. Michael, thank you as always. It's great to catch up with you, man. Uh, the fun really officially starts now that we're in the NFL's postseason. We'll talk to you again next week. Win, lose, or draw. Yes, sir, buddy. The fun starts now. Oh, my God. If they go into the season, I can't wait, man. All right, but I can't wait. We got Super Super Saturday, Super Sunday, Super, uh, Super Weekend, whatever they call it. But it's going to be great. And, I mean, we got the Cowboys going on Monday night. Oh, that, mean, that means we get to preview 
Cowboys with you on Monday before it kicks off. If we do talk to you next Wednesday. All right, man. There it is. Michael Irvin, thank you so very much here on 95.7 The Game. And yeah, Ray, we are about to kick off a national championship game down at SoFi. Um, if TCU wins, like we'll have some gambling history unfolding tonight. And I know the people around here aren't big, you know, college football fans. But first of all, that's former Cal head coach Sonny Dykes. So you got that as a little bit of an, and an underdog story. Again, it would live forever in gambling lore. I saw Doug Kazarian, who is Joe Fortenbaugh's partner over at ESPN, saying that number three TCU this offseason saw futures bets going off as high as 500 to one. Pretty much the consensus number, though, on, on most boards was 200 to one. No eventual champion in any sport has ever capped off a, a season where they were getting odds like that. 1999, the St. Louis Rams began the year at 150-1 to long shots after losing Trent Green, go Hoosiers, to a knee injury in the preseason. Enter Kurt Warner. Obviously, the rest is history. In baseball, the 91 Minnesota Twins were 80-1. to In hockey, the 06 Carolina Hurricanes were 60-1. to In college basketball... UConn in 2014, when they went it all, they started the year at 65 to 1, so they caught all the odds makers off guards there. But TCU, again, 200 to 1, and they're four quarters away. And what, a 13, a 13 and a half point spread? I think it's 14 now. From possibly being he, national champions. Kazarian omits one that is relatively recent. Yeah. Leicester City won the Premier League. In 2016, being 5,000 to 1. We're talking real sports, right? No, that's a real sport. Real sports. Real sport. Real sports. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, so did I. Uh, That's why I wasn't included. Well, you were wrong. Uh, Tonight, TCU, when I read this story, it said 12.5, 13.5, maybe even 14-point underdog right now would be the largest point spread ever for a college football title game. The Bulldogs are obviously the defending national champs. They're trying to win two in a row here. They've been among the favorites all year long. College football's only other double-digit underdog in the title game, though? Both won outright. We're talking about the 2000 Oklahoma Sooners when they blew the door. Well, no, it was like 12-9. They ended up beating Florida State, I believe, that year. And then 2002, the Ohio State Buckeyes, they were huge dogs, and they ended up winning it all. How about this? The past three Super Bowls that all featured double-digit point spreads were won by the underdogs. 07 New York Giants, that is the Eli Helmet catch, uh, Plaxico Burris, 2001 Patriots, the 98 Denver Broncos. So being a double-digit dog has actually been pretty good to the doggy in big games. We'll see if it is the TCU tonight. Georgia loud and long, Ray. I think Probably. Yeah. Uh, we got to take a quick break, and when we come on back, we have nothing but the longest commercial-free segment of the entire day. It's right around the corner. You want to be a part of it, you got to get in right now, 888-957-9570. Because when we do come on back, we're talking about how Kyle officially looks a little bit different this morning, don't you think? Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. The Road to Glendale, brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union. Working for you today, tomorrow, together. It's good to have you here. Damon and Ratto, coming out of your 
Monday day of work. It's good to have you back in the car. We're going to get you home tonight, and we got an awful lot to get into over the next, oh, commercially uninterrupted about 40 minutes or so here on 95.7 The Game. So don't you go anywhere. Uh, first of all, we correct all mistakes in real time. I talked about the uh, uh, the helmet catch, and I said Plexico Burris. It was Plexico Burris who scored the touchdown after the David Tyree helmet catch. So thank you very much, 510. We want to get things right in real time here. Xfinity Mobile text line goes on to say, Damon, are you going to apologize for trying to say that Kyle was an issue for the 49ers? Nope. Because early on in this year, it looked like Kyle was going to be an impediment, not a reason that this whole thing came together. Because, you know, you can cobble it back together, but he galactically screwed up his quarterbacking situation, but was then able to spackle over it with a, oops, thanks to his surgeon, not my own will, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on this team. And oops, you know, the guy that I drafted for all those high-value draft picks and traded for them, well, I was running fullback belly power dive with a quarterback, which is a real, real stupid way to go about developing a quarterback. And I will say that until I'm blue in the face because I'm right. And I'm sure Kyle, looking back on it, would love to have the way that he handled Trey Lance back. Or maybe he's now willing to admit that thank God that that happened because without that happening, you don't get to Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy seems to be the single most perfect to run Kyle's quarterback that Kyle's had. You know, it really does feel like it's a perfect fit because he comes with no bad habits. He comes with the hat in hand level humility that you have to have when you're Mr. Irrelevant. And Mr. Irrelevant had never even thrown an actual pass in an actual game much less be a key cog in a 10-game winning streak as you were ascending to a two-seed getting ready for a playoffs. So Kyle's luck, bad decisions that he saw himself through earlier in this year, it took some luck and bad decisions to get them to where they are. I mean, it's a miracle that they are where they are, given how they started, given what the designs were of the year. And it is in the nature of a sports talk host to react to what they're seeing over a few weeks. And over the first five, six weeks of this year, Kyle was absolutely in the, eh, he might not be, the right guy going forward camp. He really was. He he did not have a glorious start to this year. And the thing that delivered this conversation back to glory was a guy that he moved heaven and earth to get rid of. So it is a little weird still. But does Kyle look different this morning? And when you take a look at the grand scheme of things and where the grand scheme of things goes... Kyle Shanahan is going to go down as one of the winningest, longest tenured coaches in this franchise's history when it's all said and done. Yeah. I mean, because it's just as valuable to be lucky as good. I mean, you can't be lucky if you're not good. But when you need luck, luck is handy. I mean, where are the 40, where's Bill Walsh? If he doesn't look into Joe Montana in the third round, 
or Jerry Rice the end of the first. You know, there there are there are hundreds of. I mean, where is he if if Fred Dean doesn't decide he doesn't want to play in San Diego anymore? What if Jerry Rice had been to a college that drew a lot more eyeballs, and he's not there? Yeah, I mean, you know, luck is part of it. I I mean, I tend to give uh, Shanahan more credit for extricating himself from the Garoppolo problem than most do. Because under normal circumstances, when you draft a quarterback that high, you're kind of pot committed to go with him. But he saw the things about Trey Lance that made him at least uneasy enough to keep Garoppolo. You know, know, and we still don't know what Lance is or whether he's going to get an opportunity in this town or not. And having said all that, though, like they are a third round pick away, an offer for Jimmy Garoppolo for him not being here. They would have done that deal at warp speed. Absolutely. But nobody made that. I mean, it's it's how you adapt to conditions that are real, not the ones you imagine. And that's where Kyle Shanahan, the general manager, who has taken his own you know levels of criticism, is actually you know pretty good. I mean, he got ripped for letting Jeff Wilson go. Now Jeff Wilson wouldn't see the wouldn't see the field. Um, he was he got he got ripped for the way that you know he handled the Debo the Debo Samuel negotiations. That turned out fine. It's just the one thing that is bad about this industry is that we want to react in real time with big swings. And the one thing that Kyle Shanahan has the benefit of is that the only guy who can fire him is Jed York, and Jed York is so not firing him now. I mean, he's bought another three years on the end of his deal. He could stay not only as long as he wants. When he wants to leave, Jed York is going to grab him by the ankles and beg him to stay another Don't three leave. years. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of where I'm going here. So he just finished season number six as 49ers head coach. Regular season number six is officially in the books. And you figure in order to reach year number seven, normally you have won a championship or you have an overwhelmingly positive winning percentage. Kyle's got neither. He's still still got neither. He's got a 531 winning percentage, which is actually better than it really sounds. It doesn't sound overwhelming, but we'll get into where that actually puts him in the history of the franchise. He's 52 and 46 with no ties in 98 games as the 49ers head coach in the regular season. We know that he's one and one over two NFC title games, and he's looking to hopefully play in his third in the next few weeks. 0 and one in the Super Bowl. That hangs over him like the sword of Damocles at all times. It's why he is pretty much hailed as the best as the best coach in this league to have yet win the whole thing. Is that, I mean, he, he is the, what? I mean, Payne Stewart used to get that before he won. Uh, Phil Mickelson obviously used to get that before he won the Masters. Colin Montgomery never had anything but that because he never went on to win a major. The best to never do it, 
Dusty Baker finally got that off of his resume, you know, with the Astros this year. So there have been a lot of best-to-never-have-done-it guys that we all know were really, really good. Dean Smith? Dean Smith, absolutely. It's going to take a little bit more than four corners to hang a banner, Dean. Anyway, um, look it up, kids. Uh, Here's what Kyle did do. He built one of the most unique rosters in football. And again, normally you don't give a head coach very much credit for that, but Kyle is the GM as well. I don't care what it says on John Lynch's business card. All the final player personnel decisions reside with Kyle Shanahan. So he's the GM. And he has built a a unique roster and a real monster. Like next man up isn't a mentality. It's a way of life since he's taken over. And sometimes the injuries have been so overwhelming that he just could not overcome them. Other times the injuries piled up in such an overwhelming way, it should have brought down seasons that were not brought down by those injuries. His coordinators, I think, are a real testament to who he is as a coach and someone who can identify talent to be successful in this league. His coordinators become instantly desirable in the next coaching carousel that starts spinning. And D'Amico Ryans is already receiving interview offers around the league. His player personnel guy, Adam Peters, is already getting calls from around the league. Oh, by the way, in terms of who jettisoned who today, Vrabel still got his job, but the Tennessee Titans basically fired everybody else. Well, they'd, they'd already fired the general manager a few weeks ago. Right. So they were just cleaning out the rest of everything. So, Just the facts on Kyle Shanahan. We're going to go dragnet. Just the facts, ma'am. Oh, by the way, welcome everyone, before we get to this list of facts, to your 5 o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 